You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Today I'm talking about embracing the true reality, part two, but this time divine provision. Divine provision. Divine provision. And now I entrust to you, to God, the message of his grace that is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Anytime I start my messages, this is my first scripture. So you better get used to it. Amen. I don't have any other message to preach apart from the message of grace. Because that is what we have been entrusted to. Paul said, I entrust you to God and to the message of his grace. Amen. So please. Anywhere you go, and you go to listen to the message of judgment, that's your own problem. But what we have been entrusted to is to God and to the message of his grace. Amen. I have never seen, Bible said, when John saw, he saw a multitude of people. He could not count, countless in heaven. Multitude. And he said they were from different tribes, languages, tongues. But when he came to the, the place of the enemy, hell, he said it was a lake of fire. A sea of people, but a lake of fire. So I don't know where you got this idea that there are so many people going to hell. I don't know where you got that. Compare the sea to a lake. Hell has been reserved for the devil and his demons. It's not for human beings. Those who refuse Jesus and reject Jesus and reject his grace will join them there. But they are very few. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you have escaped hell. And walk in the grace for which he has called you. Did you hear me? Don't live your life in fear that you go to hell. Rather, live your life in courage and in confidence that heaven is yours already. You are actually living in heaven but you are on earth. Kingdoms will come. Kingdoms will go. But the kingdom in which you are has no end. So you have been born again into a kingdom that will not be toppled over. Like the way the Roman Empire was toppled. The Greek Empire was toppled. When Jesus came in, he made sure that every other empire 
has its expiry day. But he has come to build a kingdom that has no end, for which you are now a part of it. So you are in a kingdom that does no end. In, the Bible said you reign everlastingly. That's why you don't die. That's why you don't die. The Bible says when you die, you sleep. Because for you, death is not a state. It's a transition. The moment you are absent with us, you are present with the Lord. Present with him. So don't fear. You have to live your life in courage. Knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello. Watch this. The word embrace to accept somebody or something without constraints. Hold somebody closely in one's arms, especially as a sign of affection. Throwing away every caution. So anything you embrace, you throw away caution. When you're embracing somebody, you embrace them. Not afraid of anything. Is that true? Yes. And you show a sign of affection, warmth. Embrace the true reality of who you are without any caution. Number two, reality. Reality, the fact that something is real doesn't make it true. The fact that something is real doesn't make it true. The fact that something is real doesn't make it true. So you can be seeing and looking at your situation and it's real. Yes, you are owing so much. Yes, it's true that you are owing. But it's a false reality because you're already rich. Listen to me. I said when the architect has the master plan, and the building goes wrong. The building you are seeing is false reality. Because it doesn't agree with the master plan. So I can see the building. I say, ah, what is this? This is not what I bargained for. But it's staring me in the face. But when I look at the master plan, I'm cool. Very soon, I will put the building down. And build it the way the master plan says. And that's exactly what God does with you. What is being shown at you is the temporary thing that the enemy wants to intrude with the master plan. But he's failed already. Hello. So poverty is not the, the true reality of your life. It's the false reality. It's not. Don't accept it so. We're going to look at a situation and a scenario. Right after what we read last week comes a situation where God wants to show us his divine provision. When God protects you, he also gives you provision. <laughs> In 2 Kings 6, 24 to 33, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 
Some time later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mastered his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was a great farming in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver. And a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. Now, donkey's head, 80 pieces of silver. Dove's dung, five pieces of silver. There was farming. When there is lack in your life, things that are cheap, if you are not careful, will become expensive to you. <laughs> when there is farming, when there is lack, when there is need, be careful. Because if you are not careful and you are looking at the false reality, it can change your taste. Where cheap things become very expensive before you. Donkey's head, 80 pieces of silver. Dove's dung. It is not the dove's thing. Many people have read it and it's not true. It's not Dove's thing. It's not the Dove's stuff, no. It's a kind of a flower. And the seeds in that flower. I wish the projection I would have shown you. It was a seed. A seed in that flower. In ancient Israel, they had this. And during winter, it splits all around. Just like the way the splits of a... Uh-huh. So they, called, they named it Dove's Dung. Uh-huh. But it, didn't, it doesn't even taste. It has no taste. Yet, because there's so much lack, it's been sold for five pieces of silver. Amazing. Let me bring it into your terms. Donkey's head for 80 pieces of silver means 307 US dollars. Yes, that's how they were selling the donkey's head. In other words, it's 1,361.50 Ghana cities. Donkey's head. And then a pint of the dove's dung, five pieces of silver, is $19.18 USD. And therefore, it's 86 Ghana CDs, 31 pesos. <laughs> a pint. Hello. In those days... If you can see how expensive this is, you can compare it to what is in Leviticus chapter 27 verse 3. When somebody wants to dedicate their lives, sell their lives to God, Bible says that if you are a man and you are above 20 years, you are sold to the Lord at 50 pieces of silver. 
and a donkey's head is 80 pieces of silver. Get it? So it was more expensive than a human being being sold to God. And that is what the devil does. In time of lack, the devil makes you see cheap things as so expensive that if you are not careful, you will bargain for it. I'm bringing us somewhere. <laughs> Let's continue. Second Kings 6, 26. Do you know that even the dove dung was more expensive than when you are giving a child to God. Second Kings. Let's continue. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called him, please help me. My lord, the king. He answered, if the Lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. This is the king talking. The king says, I can't help you. Have you gotten into a time of trouble when the one you know is the only one can help you tells you, I can't? The king says, I can help you. Listen to me. There are times in trouble you must go to God. Forget about every other person and go to God. I'm telling you. The king confessed his weakness. He said, what you are asking for, even me, I don't have. The leader's vulnerability is shown in this part. Telling you, I don't have it all. Who tells you that any man has it all? We have been lied to all these years. Right from the popes to today's charismatic pastors. No human being has it all. Hey, did you hear what I said? And don't ever put your trust in any human being. This is what the story said. It's the story of grace. Where we put our trust in Jesus. We don't put it in any man, any pastor, any prophet. I have never taught you to put your trust in me. Where did the Bible tell you that? Be the one who put their trust in man. Am I a man? I'm included there. You don't put your trust in human beings. It's hard to take. But I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what the truth is. Don't put your trust. I'm your king. I don't have a clue. There's a time 
where the problem is too big for anybody who can handle it. You go to God. Go to God. Go to God. But then look at the king. He said, but then the king asked, what is the matter? At least you let me listen to what they have to say. I'm giving a, a listening ear at least. This woman said to me, this woman said to me, she's going to tell her story. It's not a king who is saying, this woman said to me. The woman has started telling the story. She replied, this woman said to me, come on, let's eat your son today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day, I said to her, kill your son. They finished the whole thing that day. <laughs> when I was reading, that thing came to me. They finished. <laughs> I mean, it, it should tell you the kind of situation at hand. In other words, they were not the only ones who ate. Within one day. And then the next day, let's go to the bargain. You said, no. It's, it's your turn. Bring your son. And the woman said, Mba. <laughs> Yours is chewable. Mine is not chewable. But the point is that in time of need, check the bargain. <laughs> Listen. Listen, I, the kind of messages I teach you, if you will live with them. Listen to me. Look at what is in the head of this other woman. Before the bargain, she already knew she wouldn't give hers. So listen, when you are in need, be careful what you exchange for. Can a woman's tender care cease towards the child she bear? Yet she may forget who be. Yet will I remember the psalmist was seeking, singing Isaiah. You and I know that if we say Abadai, it's in women. Men can do this, not a woman. Because for a woman, she conceived. She went through the nine months. She went to labor. While she was a lady, she was insulting the husband. <laughs> Some men are laughing. Right? <laughs> and so, if somebody tells them, let's cook my son. But it tells you how vulnerable you can be when you are in need. 
when you are in me. Listen to me. If, how many of you have heard this? Follow your instincts. Follow your instincts. Follow your instincts. Follow your instincts. If somebody tells you follow your instincts without giving you what the principle really is, it will destroy you. Feeling before faith is error. Faith before feeling will lead you into truth. When you are looking at the true reality, And you feel your instinct. Your instinct is right. But when you're looking at the false reality. And you feel your instinct. It is error. So. The woman was looking at her need. And what she was going through. And the pain she was going through. And she gave out what was so expensive. Because that's what her instincts were telling. But she was looking. But if she had looked at the true reality, the true reality is, this is just a situation, but this is not my destiny. She would have held on to that which was so precious to her. I pray. you not just follow your instinct. Can I continue? Watch this. She has hidden her son. While she was making you look at the situation to make a decision, she was looking at the true reality to make her decision. Your shoulders are almost the same. Look at. Do you know what is here? Do you know what is here? So they are sitting together. But what is in your mind? What is in your mind? You don't know. Isaiah 49 verse 14 to 16. Yet Jerusalem says, The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. What is Jerusalem looking at? False reality. Because of their pain and their situation, they are saying the Lord has what? Deserted us. The Lord has what? Forsaken us. Wow. Look at the response of the Lord. Never! Never! And what did he use? He used an illustration, a principle. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were 
possible, I would not forget you. Look at the love your God is professing for you. He said, I have a crush on these people. I created a woman. And I created that passion, that love in a woman for their children. That no matter what the, the, the woman is going through, she would never forsake the love of her child. I, God, created that. I put that in women. It is called motherly love. But even if the woman forsakes her child, forsakes that principle, I God, I God, I will never forsake you. I will never forsake you. That is their true reality. It is not the pain you are going through. The devil is suggesting to you that God has forsaken you. That God has left you. That God has deserted you. But God says never. 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 Look at what he says. See. I have written your name on the of my hands. I have inscribed. That is what the translation says. I have inscribed. So look at the design on your palms. God says, in my palms, I have your name. In other words, your troubles will never elude me. I'm looking at what you're going through. I can see it. And I'm ready to move it. I know what it is. But the point is, I know how much I've wired you. I'll preach on that. My grace is sufficient. I know you so much. What I have invested in you. And I know you can stand this. And that's why I've left it to happen. But it's not like I've forgotten you. Because I'm preparing bigger things for you. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruin. Always in my mind. I always remember the scripture. David said, who is man? That you are so mindful of him. God is mindful of you. Second Kings, we are continuing. Let's continue the story. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing belep under his robe next to his skin. In other words, he was near naked. Because he realized that this thing is now God out of hand. My people are dying. My people have lost all their values. Now they can't think anymore. The people are crazy. They are eating their own children. 
I don't have a problem with that. The king should care. But look at the king. Look at the king. 31. May God strike me and even kill me if I don't separate Elisha's head from his shoulders. This very day, the king bowed. You see our problem? I always tell my students, and it always happens so. When my students have A, and they see me, say, I had A in your paper. I blew your paper. When they fail, and they meet me, say, you gave me A. Say, you gave me A. As for F, I gave you. As for A, you had it. <laughs> this is exactly what the king is doing. Now he's attacking the man of God. It is the fault of Elisha. He is the reason for all these atrocities. Continue. Look at what he says. Elisha was sitting in his house with the elders of Israel when the king sent a messenger to summon him. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, a murderer has sent a man to come and cut off my head. When he arrives, shut the door and keep him out. We will soon hear his master's steps following him. So Elisha knew that they sent to kill him. And the man is following to come and kill him. While Elisha was still saying this, the messenger arrived. And the king said, in other words, the king got there and said, all this misery is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? You just said that in your bedroom last night. Yeah. Just a week ago, you said, this misery, all this pain, all this is coming from the Lord. God is punishing me. All those things that I did, he's now punishing me. What has he got to do with me? And so, why should I wait any longer? He said he'll never desert you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Listen to me. What is happening? His hand is not in it. When you see, he said, the Lord did this in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it doesn't mean the Lord did it when it is evil. It means he allowed it because he knows all things. Yeah, he allowed it. That's the meaning. He gave permission. You will wait. So let's look at true reality now. They were looking at the false reality. Look at the response of the king. But Elisha has already seen the true reality. And so look at what Elisha said. Second Kings 7. I'll be interjecting. Verse 1. 
going down. Elisha replied. When the king said, all this misery is coming from the Lord. I will not wait any longer. Why should I wait? Elisha replied. Look at the reply. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver. And 12 quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. Hello. Choice flour has actually deflated 120 times. It beats economic principle. Okay. And then the barley has deflated 240 times. So the woman that ate her baby If they had just waited for one day. If they had waited just for one day. May this message move you from a place terrible decision to a place of the true reality. Look at this. The officer, verse 2, assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen. Even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. It cannot happen. So Elisha replied, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. I'm a grace preacher. So you see, when you're a grace preacher and you see some of these things, you wonder, oh God, you would have shown mercy to this man. But I'll tell you what the meaning is. There's going to be divine supply. There's going to be divine provision. I said, I decree to you that tomorrow by this time, whoever spoke to you and told you that things are so wrong that you can never make it right, God shall make provision for you. There's provision for your marriage. There's provision for your scholarship. There's provision for your joy. There's provision for your peace. There's provision for your land. There's provision for that property. There's for this provision for that career. There's provision for academic excellence. There's provision for whatever you've been asking and wailing for. Look at the workings of grace. Look at how grace works. How grace works? You can't understand it. 
Verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy. When you can see the true reality, forget about how it will happen. Because the workings of grace, you can't understand. How God will do it, forget it. That's why he is God. Four lepers who were sitting at the entrance of the gate. I have spoken about leprosy here. And I gave you the details to what leprosy is. It's a symbolism of sin and bondage. Because the moment you have leprosy, you are actually bonded out. You are not regarded as a human being anymore. Nobody comes close to you. As a matter of fact, it is actually depicting that God himself has rejected you. But here is the case. That by the workings of grace, them that are being said, that are sin, sin, they are sin. It is not that they have sinned. They, they are personalities of sin. God said, I will use them. They were not in. They were out. They were out. But he brought them in. Because he's, he's about to use them. Can you believe this? God himself began to engage their thoughts. God began to engage their thoughts. And they began to think among themselves. It was all part of the workings of grace. Ah, do we sit down here and die? and they were talking and they were discussing some were very pessimistic others were very optimistic and, but God was in it all the workings of grace and then they came to the conclusion because God pushed the conclusion he's behind the agenda he's actually fueling it he started it so he is actually going to end it he's working the process are you understanding me So they came to the conclusion. Let's go. And as they started their move, the move of lepers became the move of chariots of horses. Listen. Brothers and sisters, when God is working, back out of it and let God be God. You see, that has been our major problem because we think we are smarter than Him. We think we can, you see, we can do our stuff. And so some of us, you see, you have planned it. And you yourself have decided this is the way it's going to go. This is the way my blessing should come. This is how God should do it. But the workings of grace, nobody can understand. He actually makes 
four lepers become millions of chariots of horses. For a whole army to be frightened, leave all their stuff and take flight. Watch this. God was given divine provision by grace. But he took care of the root problem before bringing the abundance. What was the root problem? What has caused the famine was the siege of the Arameans. When you say siege, you understand? Somebody has taken over your land. So nobody can go in, nobody can come out. Every work you do, they enjoy it. So whilst you are working, they are this thing on you. The moment you harvest, put it in. So everything they brought and everything the people themselves have worked for, they ran away and left it. So the siege was broken. And the things that were already for them, they also took. But the agents were lepers. The <laughs> when they got there, they started eating. They started loading. They were wise. They loaded until they could load no more. And then God engaged their thoughts again. He said, hey, what we are doing is wrong. I said, allow God. He will cause your enemies to bring you what you need. Don't joke with God. He engaged them. And they said, what we are doing is no good. Lest something comes upon us that we have found this and we are alone. Look, what kind of guilt is that? Are you understanding the point? Let's go. Why were they feeling guilty? Because it was a national supply. And God was working it. Number one, they should have been afraid in the first place. Because they don't have access to the city. So if the people even saw that they had entered, They'll be killed. But God gave them the guts to think of serving the whole nation with food because of the workings of grace. So they went and they told. And as usual, the king didn't believe it. He said, these people, they have hidden. So that the moment we come there, they will pounce on us and kill us. So he said, let's strategize. Strategize. So he said, strategize. So we go at twilight. Twilight time. So twilight, they went. The thing is already there. It is not your twilight. Hello. But the point is that all of that is in the workings of grace. Because Elisha said, tomorrow by 
So everything must happen by that time. So when they've got the abundance, you know how I call it. Abundance. Kaya. Everybody. Everywhere. And the whole thing spread through the nation. And people started gathering. And then the officer, the officer, the officer, the officer. The officer. The officer. Oh. There are officers. But may that kind of officers never be here. Look, God shall use the base things of this world, the despised things of this world, and he shall use them to bring glory to his name. That is the workings of grace. Second Kings 7.17, the king appointed his officer to control the traffic. Hello. Hey. If I were him, I would say, King, spare me this one. How do I control traffic for what I don't believe in the first place? <laughs> listen, listen, church. When you are a product of grace, may you revere grace. Because anytime you speak grace, people will hit at you hard. Get out with your grace, grace, grace. That is what this officer represents. People that trample upon the grace of God. People that reject the grace of God. The officer was trapped in his expertise regalia. Oh yes. He was dawn in the doctorate mentality. The doctrine of economics. So he calculated everything and said, what this man of God is saying, even if God opens the windows of heaven, it can't happen. Because I've put, put all the figures together. What are you talking about? And when uh, the, the GDP. You know? When I look at the economies of a nation, I look at this. It cannot happen. Forget it. Forget it. When they are standing, these men of God, when they are standing, they speak by heart. They speak by heart. But the point is, when a man is seeing the true reality and another person is seeing the false reality, they can never agree. Because we are of the spirit. So we speak by the spirit. Until you are spirit man, spirit woman, you can work and walk in grace. You always work and walk by the flesh. So this man, was going to control traffic. And Bible said, the people made him 
their carpet. And they started. Pushed him down. And they mashed him. They mashed him. What is God saying? When you reject grace, when you reject grace, you'll be mashed up again. You can't enjoy anything from the Lord when you reject grace. Everybody that God has brought down forth is because they always stand and say, I can do it. I can do it. When you get to that point, he leaves you alone. The devil, Lucifer from heaven, said, I ascend to the heights. I will sit on the mount of congregation. I will be like the most high. I come to the garden of Eden. So when you eat of the tree of knowledge, you will be like God. Come to Nebuchadnezzar. I, Nebuchadnezzar, have done all of this. Come to Belshazzar. I, Belshazzar, has done all of this. Said, you are coming down right now. Anybody that rejects grace, you'll be trampled upon. You can't enjoy anything that the Lord gives. I pray for you. That supply is coming to you. Amen. I can guarantee you that we are being ushered into the season of grace provision. And everything that you have so labored, wailed, cried, whichever way you did it, some of you are crying, we look at your face. Several years, provision is coming to you. Whatever you love, provision is coming to you. There's going to be 240 times. 120 times. Listen to me. The man who said, even if God opens the windows of heaven, actually he himself confirmed that God can open. And there's something called windows of heaven. Listen to me. When somebody says windows of heaven, you don't understand it. You don't understand it. Everybody comes through the gate. It's a public place. Visitors that are permitted come through the door. But it is only the owners of the house that open the window. So windows are opened to products of grace. It is the children that receive open windows. 
It is called the secret of God's abundance. It comes to only the children. I decree that your life shall be filled with open windows. God shall open the windows for you. I said, God shall open the windows for you. I said, God shall open the windows for you. Anything you desire, may the windows of heaven be opened unto you. In the name of Jesus. If you have been in that place where you have doubted the grace of God, I pray that grace finds you and brings you in. You have trusted in your strength. You have trusted in your might. It has frustrated you all these years and all your life. Come trust the grace of God. Trust the finished work of Christ. Elisha was representing Christ. He was actually the one who is standing to show us that a Christ is coming. And Christ is going to show us grace. And therefore, when you accept this Jesus Christ and his finished work, the windows of heaven are opened unto you. And you receive divine supply. I can guarantee you that as we enter December, your divine supply is coming. Your divine provision is coming. Trust the grace of God. Trust the grace of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. Come.